You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively and get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have a special guest joining us in the studio, Tamika Spalding. Welcome, Tamika. Good morning, Jason. How are you, Tamika? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, thanks for coming down here and uh, recording with us, uh, broadcasting with us in our studio in Hobart, because I know you don't live down here, so it's good to have you here. Um, today we're continuing our series, Connecting the Dots. This is our Friday program, and uh, our, our Friday program is really about... Um, putting our, our our faith into practice and seeing how that uh, plays out in people's lives. So it's good to have you here sharing this morning with uh, how your faith has uh, contributed to your life and you'll be sharing a little bit uh, about that today. But before we get on to uh, more of your talking, I'd just like our listeners to get to know you a bit more and uh, tell us, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, this is my 19th year that I've lived here in Tassie, and um, at the moment I'm doing a few new things. I've just started uh, writing very slowly a, a young adult novel, and I've been doing some writing, and I have a ministry called His Herd that I hope to do a lot with, so I've been um, doing blogs, uh, getting to know people, interviewing them, and sharing God's word with others. So he's heard that's uh, that's a, a blog. It's a website, is it? Yes, it's a website. Okay, and uh, where where do people find that? Um, at hisherd dot com. Okay, nice and simple. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> his herd spelt H E R D, not H E A R D. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, what else are you interested in? What are, what are some of your hobbies or interests? Well, I'm involved in um, the uh, the film 168. That's actually LA based. Right. And so once a month um, I work with uh, producers, screenwriters and um, actors and we talk about Christian content that's coming into Australia. So that's really interesting. And um, what's also happening in the world um, with, yeah, Christian media. Okay. Okay, and uh, you are involved uh, in church activities as well? Yeah, um, I've been working with Pathfinders and Adventurers for quite a few years, which I absolutely love. And um, yeah. what, what is Pathfinders and Adventurers, just for our listeners? So Pathfinders, a little bit like Scouts. Um, it's aimed at children who are 10 to 18 years of age. We take them camping, we teach them life skills, uh, we... Um, we do a bit of um, paperwork with them that teaches them about uh, the love of God. Uh, we take them um, bushwalking. Yeah, it's it's a fun. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, well, so uh, you've not always lived in Tassie. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you were before you came to Tassie. Well, I'm actually from South Australia. I grew up in the north of Adelaide. And, um, yeah, lived with my mum, my dad, and my younger sister. Okay. And uh, I guess um, the big question is uh, what brought you to Tassie? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, soon. But um, being a Christian, do you feel like you've ever been called by God? Yes. Um, 
When I was in year 12, I was just finishing year 12 and I went to a youth rally and they, so what's a youth rally, just so for your listeners, so they know? A youth rally is a program run just for the, the younger the younger church and those who are young at heart, so yeah. sort of 16 to 30 plus those that feel a bit young, young at heart, and they come along to a, like a church service mm-hmm. and it's just aimed at their age group. Awesome. Okay. So you're attending a youth rally in uh, South Australia? Yeah, yeah, in the middle of the city, actually. And uh, they were having announcements at the beginning of the youth rally and they were advertising this thing called the Pinnacle of Terror. Okay. And, yeah. Tell us about the uh, Pinnacle of Terror. Like they, they advertise it and you know what it is, but our listeners don't. So tell us more about what the Pinnacle of Terror is all about. Well, the Pinnacle of Terror is a trailer that has a, a wobbly ladder on it, um, a, a rock wall and what they call a leap of faith. So basically you climb up. Um, a couple of metres on a ladder, um, you come out on a platform and then it has a bar that's sort of, you know, just over a metre out and you jump out of that bar, you're all harnessed in and try to reach the bar. And so it's it's designed to encourage people to, well, take a leap of faith, um, to, to push people out of their comfort zone and... Um, yeah, it's like a motivational program to, to help people in that area and, um, yeah. And so this uh, trailer, which I, I, I think uh, was connected to a bus, uh, it would uh, travel around different places. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, throughout Tasmania. Throughout Tasmania. And um, I guess primarily well, visit schools and things like that? Or Yeah, yeah. we went to uh, the Ashley Youth Detention Centre once a month, which was probably one of my favourite places to go. Mm-hmm. And then we went to, yeah, schools, fates, um, high schools and, and primary schools. Uh, yeah, basically anyone who who had people at a function that, that would hire us for a few hours. Okay. Awesome. So uh, you're at this youth rally. You found out about the Pinnacle of Terror, which uh, was operating in Tasmania. And uh, so how did you end up actually coming to Tasmania? Well, I um, th- there was a song that actually played as they were, um, that they were uh, advertising the Pinnacle of Terror and it was called Dive by um, Steve Curtis Chapman. Um, and uh, in, in that song it actually said uh, within yeah, the words... And in the rush, I hear a voice that's telling me to take a leap of faith. So here I go. And that really was a God moment for me because when they were advertising this program, I thought there's no way that that I'd be interested in this at all. And um, there was a ver- like a verse that said, in over my head, I want to go. And I thought, I feel that God's stirring me and... Uh, a little bit further down in the song it said, but we will never know the awesome power of the grace of God until we let ourselves get swept away into the holy flood. And I thought, I think God's actually asking me to, to apply for this job. And so I wouldn't know if, if it was the right thing to do unless I actually applied. Mm. So I did. That's what I did. I applied. And, and, and you were... How old at this time? 18. 18. So yeah. this was around uh, 2003, is that right? Yes. The end, end of 2003. Yeah. So 18, uh, that moves, that involves moving away from home. 
Yes. Was that a scary thing for you or yes. an exciting thing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'd never been on a plane before. Uh, wow. I'd never, um, yeah, it's the biggest thing that I had done at that point. Uh, I'd always lived at home. I didn't catch public transport, so I wasn't very confident on my own. I did have my driver's licence, but, um, yeah, I was, I was, I liked to be around mum and dad. So this was a pretty big step, yeah. So uh, when you felt, um, when you were reading the the words of the song or when you were listening to that song and you felt uh, God was actually um, speaking to you to to do something, it was really uh, calling you outside of your comfort zone. Definitely, yes. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, we're going to learn more about what happens next in your journey in coming to Tasmania after our break. But here's our first song. It's uh, Won't You Go by Janine Orla. I called you to go, but in fear you said no. You didn't think that you were ready. Your strength comes from me I have given you all that you I choose to send you 
captives free To carry the broken and bandage their wounds To tell all my children that I'm coming soon Won't you go? to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we are talking with Tamika Spalding and uh, her topic today we haven't really talked about this much and uh, I'll ask you a little bit more about this in a moment but uh, the title of today's program is called Finding Love and Purpose so uh, I'm going to ask you about that in a moment but uh, just a reminder to our listeners, our Tassie Encounters show number is 0488-880891. That's the text number that you can message us and you can claim free book offers, you can answer our questions. And we've got a question for you now. Before the break, uh, we were talking with Tamika about how she felt called to apply for this uh, position for the Pinnacle of Terror, which was a program that was uh, in Tasmania and uh, travelling around Tasmania visiting uh, different places and uh, I guess helping uh, young people in their journey of uh, you know building uh, strength and courage <laughs> um, but uh, yeah question for you text us in your answer have you ever felt called by God to do something in particular we'd love to hear from you so, um, Tamika, you were talking about how you heard this song, you were at a youth rally, and you felt impressed to apply for the Pinnacle of Terror, and uh, I'm assuming that somehow you uh, ended up working with them, because that's why we're sort of here talking today, but uh, tell us a bit more about how all that process happening, and, and what else you know, were you planning in your life at that time? Well, I was just coming up to the end of Year 12, and I was actually doing work experience at that time in the hospital in the radiology department, and I really enjoyed that a lot. And so when it came to applying for university, I applied for nursing and radiology. And so it wasn't actually that long um, before that particular youth rally that I'd actually been accepted to study uh nursing and so I had two opportunities I was either going to study nursing in South Australia in the city or uh, I also got accepted into Curtin University in Western Australia so I was going to accept the one in Adelaide I wasn't going to go to Western Australia yeah. um, and that that was my plan. So, so you almost uh, had three options now because now you're um you know applying or felt called to apply for this pinnacle of terror yeah so you had two choices in terms of nursing and another choice uh, on the horizon here. It's That's hard right. when you've got multiple choices, isn't it? When you've got multiple options, you've yeah. got to decide, well, which way do I go? Especially when you've worked for 12 months very hard to be able to get into that course in the first place mm. and then got accepted and came home and said to mum, 
I don't think I want to do uni next year. I, I think I'd like to do volunteer work uh, interstate. So, yeah, it was quite different. Okay. So you got accepted into the Pinnacle of Tour. I did. Pinnacle of Terror, <laughs> not Pinnacle of Tour. Yes, you were touring around Tasmania, but it was the Pinnacle of Terror. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit more how how you came uh, into Tassie. It was a fairly quick exercise. Yeah, well, I only uh, was told that I'd been accepted in January, actually, and they wanted me there that week. So I was accepted, I booked flights that day, and I was in Tasmania three days later. And so I, I arrived in Hobart and everyone had said to me, oh, Hobart, so beautiful. And when we landed in the airport, I thought, everything's so dry and, and it's nothing like I thought. This is an ugly place. In the middle of summer, believe it <laughs> or not, summer, Hobart yeah. is the second driest capital after Adelaide. Yeah. So it can be very dry looking in summer. And uh, still with my mum's words, when she, she was really excited for me. She, she really encouraged me. And she gave me a hug and I said to her, oh, I'll see you in 12 months, mum. And she said to me, no, you'll find a boy and you'll stay there. And she was very excited. And so that was actually quite an uncomfortable thought, which is why probably I was when we were driving into Hobart, I thought there's no way I'm going to spend more than 12 months here. Uh, yeah, I was... I was come to do my job and uh, and then I'll go home. But, yeah, I, I fell in love with the place quite quickly. We had a, a youth director who is, um, he works at the church, looks after all the youth in, in the church within Tasmania. He actually came and picked us up from from the, the airport and I was one of five in the team. And he drove us straight from Hobart to uh, the to Devonport to a camp that they were running called Big Camp, we call it Big Camp, mm-hmm. and yeah, he, I, I was expecting to come and do the Pinnacle of Terror, but when I actually got to the first day of working, we were actually taking a song service for, for Big Camp up in up the front, uh, hadn't even really met each other yet, straight into it. Mm. And so uh, this uh, youth director um, sort of, I guess, mentored you, and this was your first time away from... Home in the big city? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> in it was Tasmania. A enough for me. <laughs> but um, you were saying in the break that uh, that there are many things that you hadn't really learnt to do in your life at that stage. Yes. Well, when you say mentor, you often think of someone who's mentoring you emotionally or spiritually, which he did. Um, but he also mentored me in how to order takeaway food. Um, I'd never. I'd never done. I'd never had to order takeaway food other than a thirty cent ice cream from McDonald's on occasion on the way home from a Pathfinder activity. Um, and so we walked into a subway, and he said, "Oh, just let us know what what you want, and we'll pay for it." And I stood there and had no idea how to order. Mm. And I said, "Oh, what what do I do? Um, how, how do I order a subway?" And so he said, "Stand here and look at all the salads, and look up on the board, and." Yeah, he mentored me in how to order. <laughs> so, so that was a new experience and, uh, yeah. So what are some of the other experiences that uh, you had during that year? Well, one of the experiences um, that we had was um, we were mentoring um, people of all ages and so we worked with kids on the Pinnacle of Terror uh, on the trailer itself um, but we also worked with adults, and there's one story in particular that we had. Um, he was a guy um, from the army, 
and he climbed up a ladder and he he got to the platform to jump out onto the leap of faith and he froze. He got quite nervous. He was scared of heights. So can, can you just describe yeah. how this platform works? Because um, I, I, I think I've seen a, a picture of it, but just for our listeners, um, how does this platform work? The platform's up high. Yes. And what do they have to do? What do, Somebody climbs up, they stand on the platform. What happens? So first of all, we give them a, a safety talk and they put a harness on. Mm-hmm. We make sure the harness is fitting correctly. Okay. And then um, we are attached to them and um, so there's there's cables attached to the harness yeah ropes yep ropes and then um there's a few apparatus on the trailer so we have the leap of faith which is on one in, end of the trailer and they climb up the side and then and they climb up on this ladder how high would that oh, be, be two, like, two three two, meters two or three meters yeah okay yep and then um, once they're at the top of that ladder, they then have to stand up onto the up to the yeah on on the top of this platform. The platform, yep. And then once they're ready, they then climb out. They step out further into a very small platform, only big enough for your feet, like a diving board. Yes. Yep. And then they jump. So that's walking the plank. <laughs> yeah. And then they jump off. Yeah, and, jump off. And, and so there's a bar that's you know a meter and a half maybe out. Um, that they actually jump out to and grab and they can, you know, dangle and flip themselves or there are others who just jump out and come down. And so uh, they're relying on the people holding those ropes and and, uh, not letting them to fall to the ground too too rapidly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Rightio. So uh, that's how that works. And and ultimately what's, what's, I guess, the lesson that is, uh, is being taught in that? circumstance well a lot of people tend to well trust themselves first Mm. but they don't always trust others Others. okay and so it is a challenge for a lot of people to be able to jump on a like to step out on a tiny platform and jump out and rely on the person down at the bottom to you know to bring them down safely Mm. um so and if you've got someone who doesn't trust Either themselves or, or the person down at the bottom. Yeah, they can freeze and, st- and yeah. you know stay okay. at the top. So now you were telling me about uh, a particular person who was uh, um, uh, was it some uh, army person or something? Yeah, he worked saying? for the army. We yeah. were doing a program and they were promoting um, some some th- uh, programs they were running and, and he came over and said, "Oh, I might have a go at, at this," and he got to the top and went to step out and. And froze, and um, we would have somebody come out and uh, you know talk to him, and they one person climbed up and and was with him up at the top, and the other person was encouraging down at the bottom. And what what I would um, learn about this is that uh, the guy that was down at the bottom, that was a friend of his, he was saying, "I can't believe this because only last week we we were doing training and we were in a helicopter, and." He had to jump out of a helicopter way high up in the air and and come down, and he had no problem because mm. he was pushed with a whole bunch of other guys. They just had to do it. Mm. And what I realised is that um, when you're doing something that you, you need to do, um, you do it. But when you actually make your own choice uh, and you're thinking for yourself, um, you know, those fears can creep in. And so he really had a hard time. 
So it is a matter of a choice to to trust people. Yeah. It's a, it's a choice we make. So during this year, what did you learn about God and about yourself? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I learned was to deal with my own fears. Uh, when you're working with people every day, you become very aware of your own fears because if they're feeling fearful and you're feeling fearful, you can't help them. And I realised that uh, I really needed to go to God to be able to to let him take my fears because we can put put it on other people and, and, and gain confidence from, from other people, but it's really not... It's... it's it can be an it can be empty, mm. and so I learnt how to hand, you know how to really um, give my fears to God and really surrender in, in God, um, and that that was that was a real process and, and something that really helped me um, to be able to build a relationship with God. And whilst during that year you're you're away from home, you know, did did you feel isolated or did you feel that uh, God was with you during that time as well? God was very much with me, but I had to learn that he was with me. Mm. It's funny, we were with people all the time. As I said, the Pinnacle had five members in it. We were also responsible for mentoring and caring for all of the youth of Tasmania. So we had a home based in Hobart, but we would travel and bill it all over the state. And so I was always with people, always. Mm. And even though I was with people all of the time, I still got lonely, mm. and uh, it was—it's just wonderful to know that that I was able to go to God, um, and even though I might have been surrounded by people, um, it was God that I really needed. Mm. We're going to have a listen to a song in a moment, but uh, remember that question we asked you: Have you ever felt called by God to do something in particular? Perhaps it was something a bit outside your comfort zone. Let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and uh, we will have a free book offer later in the program. And the book is titled "Cold." It's a beautiful book, and we'll give you more information about that a bit later. But right now, this is "Remember Surrender" by Sarah Groves. Realizing the 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with Tamika Spaulding. And uh, she's sharing a bit about her story and her journey to Tasmania in 2004, I think the year was, uh, when you came to Tasmania working on the Pinnacle of Tour. A Pinnacle of Terror. I keep on saying that. Pinnacle of Terror. Now, uh, earlier in the program, you said that your mum said something to you, oh, you'll find a boy and you won't come home again. And uh, But it wasn't on your priority list when you were here to to uh, find a relationship. But uh, the title of our program gives something away, Finding Love and Purpose. So tell us about this Finding Love and Purpose here. Well, I'd sort of had this conclusion, as you do when you're 18 and you think you're really old, that I was pretty safe not to find a guy because uh, I hadn't so far gone through high school and um, I hadn't found a boy and I was fairly confident that since I would be very um, busy working all year that that wasn't something that I was going to to focus on either. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, so what happened? Some, something must have happened. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, my going back a little bit, my um, before I came to Tasmania, my pa was actually quite unwell, and he passed away in the February that I was. So this is your grandfather. Yeah. yeah. So my dad's dad, mm-hmm. and and so I'd only been in Tasmania for two months when he passed away, and my nan and pa had a very close relationship. So every time I would call back home and I'd talk to my nan, uh, she would say to me, "Please find a lovely boy." And she really wanted me to find somebody that could fill, I suppose, the gap that she was feeling after my pa had passed away. Mm. And and so I did want to humour her. <laughs> uh, and I remember in about June of that year, we had some free time and we went to an event which was three hours away from Hobart and uh, just had some free time. It wasn't a church activity and I was standing up on this sort of platform looking out and they had like trampolines and and different activities that were happening and I was talking to God about all the people that were were down and around in the event and lining up to go on the trampolines and lining up to go to um, some of the side show alley type stuff and I just felt a real peace and I looked down and there was a a guy that was standing there and I felt God had asked me, you know, what are you actually looking for? And I was sort of talking to God at the time about, you know, if I was to find someone, I'd like someone who was trustworthy and, you know, respectful and caring and kind and would have a relationship with God and all these things, you know, the wish list that you make. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as I as I looked further and, and looked at this, this guy that was metres and metres away from me, um, yeah, it was it was a moment. I don't quite know how to describe, but uh, I decided, um, as embarrassing probably as it is to say, I took a photo of this guy. <laughs> so you, you had your phone in your pocket or did you have a camera on you? A phone. The yeah. phones didn't take photos back then. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the camera that I had was my mum's camera that she had when she was uh, young. And so it was it was like a thin 
and long and if you wanted to have a flash you had to stick this like little pole and yeah. a little square cube and mm-hmm. you could only take four pictures before the bulb would blow and you'd have to get another get one another flash yeah and it was film obviously okay. yeah and you only get a few you know pictures yeah. uh so you know with the pictures that you do take are very special be important yeah, ones. Exactly. <laughs> so i thought yes this is an important moment mm-hmm. i will take a photo and when i got that um, printed, uh, I wrote on the back of it, Nan, this is the man I'm going to marry. Just and jokingly, though. <laughs> just jokingly. Just just to put her mind at rest that I was at least looking at at the potential. Had you actually met this guy yet? No. Or, no, you'd just seen him no, in the distance. <laughs> hadn't talked to him, didn't know his name. He was metres away. He wasn't looking at me. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just a moment. So anyway, so I sent her that picture. And she got a little laugh out of it, yep. Very good. So uh, going on during that year, um, did you did you ever meet this guy again? I, I, uh, I did, right at the uh, very end of the year. Okay. Yep. So this is now uh, towards uh, like November time frame or something like that or? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I... Um, I went to a another youth rally that they were holding um, in the north of the state and there was a guy that came out and introduced himself to me and he said, would you like to go for a drive? And I, my first thought was, no, I don't want to go for a drive. I don't know who you are. Why would you want to take me for a drive? <laughs> and then I thought, no, you can do things by yourself now. Um, You're an you know, adult you now. Can <laughs> make decisions. It wouldn't be weird to go for a drive. And then I thought, what would my mum think of this? You can't go for a drive with a boy. So I went and talked to one of the other Pinnacle members and um, I said, oh, there's this guy that's asked me to go for a drive. Would you be able to come with me? And she said to me, oh, sure, that'd be fine. So I went back and I said, yes, I can come for a drive with you. Uh, and he said, yeah, that's good. And I said, only if I can take my friend. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, but I've got a ute and it only takes one person. Would that that be okay. So I had to make this decision. Am I going to trust this guy and mm. go by myself? <laughs> um, which I did. And he took me for a drive for about two hours. I think we got to know everything about each other in that two hours. Um, he drove me to his um, to his place and, um, you know, introduced me to his mum and his dad and um, took me around the property and, and yeah, he was very kind and genuine and all those things. He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Now, um, I think I've missed part of your story here that, uh, um, yeah, earlier in the year, were there other people who were trying to set you up with with people as well? Like, Yeah, there's, yeah. there was an email that was sent to me from uh, a youth who, who knew that I was trying to find somebody for the sake of my nan and she said to me, there's a guy that um, that lives a few hours away. He loves motorbikes. And I think he's a nice guy. You might be interested. Mm-hmm. And he said the word motorbike. And back then uh, I pictured this guy being crazy on a motorbike, going over the speed limit, doing crazy things. And I thought, I don't want a guy that rides a motorbike. No, that's it. No, not, not interested at all. So, so what happened with that one? Like, was this um, 
So that was just a, an immediate write-off, and, and completely. You, yeah, and you never met go, the guy, no, or no, no? Okay, right. So um, after that, you then uh, met up with uh, the one that you'd taken the photo of. I did, hmm. I did, but I didn't know that at the time. Right, okay. I didn't know that at the time. So, yeah, basically, I I had we finished this this ride, um, and he'd said to me would it be okay to see you again? And I said, oh, well, I, I live in Hobart. That's, you know, three hours away. Um, I'm working. And, yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's possible. And um, anyway... And it wasn't too much later that you were going to be heading back to South Australia as well, I guess. Yeah, that's that's right. I'd come to the end. I, I was almost at the end of my year. I had two weeks left before I was going to take my... Uh, go back to Adelaide and do nursing because I had deferred that nursing course for 12 months. Mm. So I was going to go back to Adelaide to study nursing. And I remember we were actually in a car with with some other youth and one of the guys said to me, what would keep you in Tasmania? And I said, nothing, nothing would keep me in Tasmania. And he said, something must keep, you know, there would be something that would keep you in Tasmania. So I said to him, well, in two weeks I'm leaving. But if in two weeks... Someone finds me a house, a job, or perhaps study, and a car, and a boyfriend, I'd stay. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, okay, enjoy Adelaide. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that was really all that I'd, um, you know, that's, that's what I was expecting to do. Yeah, because all of those uh, lists of things would be uh, highly unlikely to come to, to, yeah. to place in such a short period of time. Two weeks. We are going to go to a break. I, I did say that we'd give you some more information about our book offer today. The book is called Cold by Daniela Schubert and Shaley Walsh. It's a premium gift book to inspire women in their work with God. The Bible is filled with God's calls to humanity. His unfailing love calls us to come to him. Then he calls us to go and show others what he is like. We are called to love, to show mercy, to share the gospel and to make disciples. This is our book offer today and we'll give you the code straight after the break. Right now, this is Walk In It With Me by Kate Gariga. Jesus, I need you to do a work I couldn't do. Take this heart of stone, make it flesh and make it light. Let me see with your eyes, you love perfectly. Jesus, please be loved in me. My ears hear you say, this is the way, walk in it with me, walk in it with me, Holy Spirit please abide in my heart and be my guide in everything I do, show me truth, reveal the Temptations rise, bring the victory. Spirit, won't you live 
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program this morning with Tamika Sporting on the topic of finding love and purpose. Uh, earlier I gave the information about our book today that's called Called and I promised the code right now. So the code for our book is CONNECT and number 7. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T and the number 7, no spaces. Text that into 488 880891. We have just three copies to give away of that book today. So the first three in, connect seven to 488 So Tamika, um, before the break, you were sharing a list of things that would make you, uh, well, that would need to be met in order for you to stay in Tasmania. Now you are still in Tasmania, so I'm guessing that list must have been fulfilled. Yes. How did that happen? So only a few days, probably two or three days after I had said to the youth that I needed 
a car, a job, a house, a place to, to study, and a boyfriend. Um, I got a phone call from a principal at a school and completely unexpected. And they said, look, I know that you already have plans and I know that you're heading back to Adelaide. Um, we had met them during the year. They were some people that we worked for um, with the Pinnacle of Terror and we'd gone uh, to that school multiple times, so he did know me. And he was looking for a music teacher and so he rang and he said, could you please come to our school next year and I'd like you to teach classes kinder to grade 10 in music theory, music history and run a, a concert band. Now, something you didn't tell us before is that uh, you had played in the Australian Youth Orchestra for quite some time. Yeah, I did a lot of uh, music. Mm. Yeah. So, so you had that musical ability and training and skills. So. Yes, yep. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so he, um, so he offered that and I said, oh... I'm not sure how I would go, you know, with with me thinking I'd need a place to stay and, and how would I'm not trained, I haven't gone to uni, I'm, I haven't got a Bachelor of Education. And he said to me, oh, I, I hope you don't mind, it's a little bit forward, but he said, before I rang you, I knew the position that you were in and so I've got a proposition to make. He said, if you come and you teach at the school next year, um, you can do a Bachelor of Education via distance um, at University of Tasmania. Mm -hmm. And we do have a lady and, and her family that are willing to billet you and they live just down the road from the school. And, um, and then he said um, that I could potentially find a car. Uh, he had some suggestions for a car. On that same day, I got another phone call that said... Are you at all interested in this car? We're selling this car, um, which was my work car that I'd been using all year. And I decided, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy our work may, car. May as well buy it, yeah. So, okay. and so of I had course, most uh, of the list filled. Yeah, then now this this uh, added thing on your list of um, a boyfriend as well uh, was really you just threw that in as a bit of a joke really, didn't you? I did, I did. Um, but lo and behold. Yes, I went to that youth rally on um, the Saturday afterwards after that conversation. So it wasn't wasn't even a week later. Mm. And this man came out and said, can I take you for that car ride? Yeah. And so I, I hopped in the car. Uh, wasn't expecting that he was going to be a boyfriend, just yeah. so everyone knows. Um, but it did turn out that way. We, we I got out of the car two hours later and I thought, this is a guy that I'm really interested in. Mm. and And he felt the same, actually. So he drove... Uh, only a few days after that, he drove from where he lived to Hobart, which is where I was living um, and or based, and on his motorbike. <laughs> and I looked and went, oh, no, he's got a motorbike. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, um, he'd organised with um, some guys to do a, an abseiling afternoon. So we went abseiling together. And by the end of it, um, I was hopping, oh, he was hopping in, in um, to head home. And he said to me, um, you know, nice to see you. Uh, when can we see you again? And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm heading back to, to Adelaide. And I, I wasn't quite sure what to say. So I said to him, are we dating or what? And he said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. So he then drove away. And I was standing there thinking, oh, what now? I think I have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we're almost out of time. So how did this uh, pan out um, later in the the following year? So you stayed in Tassie. Yeah. And... uh, you ultimately ended up with uh, Luke, is is the man. Yes, Luke is the man. So um, just to go back in our story, I did have that email about that motorbike guy oh, that I yeah. dismissed. Yes. He was the motorbike guy. So not only was he the motorbike guy, he was also the guy in the photo. He was the guy in the photo, That yeah. you had not met and you didn't know who he was. Yeah. It's amazing how God And I only knew leads, that about the it? photo because um, I... Uh, as people would know, um, back a few years when we were developing film, you only got it usually developed once, and so I've never looked back on those photos. So when my um, nan passed away, all of the letters that I'd written to my nan, unbeknown to me, were handed to my auntie, and then in 2015, so not all that long ago, she passed away, and all of those letters then were handed to a cousin, Mm. and then... Um, very recently, that cousin handed all those letters to my sister. And so very, very recently, those letters were posted to me. And so when I went through all these letters that I'd written to my nan over the time, there was that photo. Mm. And I went, wow, that's actually the guy that I did marry. Mm. And it was wonderful because she um, she couldn't come to our wedding. We had our wedding in, um, in Tasmania. And, um, and so... Yeah, she she was able to have that picture, um, not come to our wedding. She passed away three months after we got married, but she um, she knew it was it was the truth in the end. So, how would you uh, encourage? But you, you feel that God led uh, throughout this whole whole journey. Yeah. Um, are there any particular scripture passages that that have uh, impacted you or encouraged you? And how would you encourage other people? Yeah, I. I think um, our journeys are all different. So in my case, you know, I, I, I felt called to come to Tasmania and, and I, I found love. Um, but that is, that is an area that uh, I think um, God really filled my soul in many other areas um, during that year as well. And I've realised that God calls us to unexpected places at unexpected times and we can get quite nervous about that or we may even say no. And so I just want to encourage people that if they feel called by God to do something, to step out of your comfort zone and and leap into that, have a go. Because if you don't, you won't know what you're, you're missing. Mm. And, you know, I look back at my time and I think if I never came to Tasmania, um, you know, I wouldn't have had the opportunities and the joy and found the love that I that I have. And so I'm so glad that I, I did decide to step out and, and come to Tasmania. Um, and, yeah. There's a verse in uh, Exodus that um, you've chosen here, and that this is talking about uh, how God was with the people in the in the uh, desert of the people of Israel, and the Lord went before them by day and in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So I guess uh, in summary, God guides us if we put our trust and faith in Him. He does. Yeah. 
Thanks, Tamika. Um, join us again. We're going to have another guest next week, Mark Faulkner, and he'll be sharing some personal stories and testimonies. We may have uh, Tamika back again soon. Um, we, she's got many stories to share, so we hope we can uh, have her back again. So wherever you are listening, have a great day, and uh, remember to join us again on Monday with David Leo. This is Sydney Wolverton with Your Heart. Sometimes I wonder why I don't find what I look for Searching places that I know I've been before My friends all tell me, Sid, what you look for is already yours The treasure that you seek is waiting right outside your door Jesus, open my door Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine on me And I can't believe that you're showing me The truth of your love, that I'm the treasure of your heart the treasure of your heart Well, life will pick us up and drop us back down again But I'm not scared because tomorrow is in your hands Anyone can find the dirt in someone else's heart Help me be the one to find the gold right from the start Now help me start, yeah, yeah Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine on me And I can't believe that you're showing me the truth of your love That I'm the treasure of your heart is full of 